Hey, everybody. I'm Peter, and oh my god, I just kicked over a chest of spice, and now I'm super stoned. He's making Bantha babies. It's Mike. Still doing it. Old yep. reference. I'll take it. <laughs> Welcome to Rebels Rebels. It's, we're the pod that explores the Star Wars expanding universe and just the not-so-expanding universe. Yes, and we. this is a special podcast. This is our Star Wars Podcast Day episode. If you have not heard of Star Wars Podcast Day, it's a cool effort. You can check out other cool podcasts by searching hashtag Star Wars Podcast Day or SWPD 2022. Um, I want to shout out Daniel and all the other podcasts taking part. Um, Daniel really connected all of us. They have an official account at Star Wars Pod Day on Instagram, but it's basically just a way for people to check out new shows and support each other. And the reason we are dropping it on Monday, February 7th is because it is the 23rd anniversary of Jedi Talk, which was released on February 7th, 1999, which is believed to be the very first Star Wars podcast. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a Silly you know. history there. Yeah, exactly. It's so silly. Not the silliest. Yeah. Can you imagine podcasting in 1999? That's crazy. Wow. That's crazy. So we are talking about a very, very special episode. It's so special mm-hmm. that we just had to take some time off of work and ignore children and other things we should be doing so that we can mm-hmm. talk about this as soon as possible. Yeah. What an episode of Book of Boba Fett, Mike. Yeah, weird. yeah, weird that it's a Book of Boba Fett episode still, but yeah, what yeah. an episode. I mean, we, I think we need, we're going to continue this conversation. We don't need to hit it too much, but I think the implications of what this means for Star Wars versus what this means for Book of Boba Fett is very, very interesting. I will say that I really, this was a unique experience for me. Um, yeah. This was, again, like last week, we kind of were talking about it a little bit and we had so many friends reaching out. And you and I watched this at a similar time and tried to save mm-hmm. a lot for the pod, but you were a little ahead of me and was just like, dude, watch it, watch it. Oh my God, it's so crazy. And it, the way it unfolded, like an onion, like a Shrek onion, it was like, oh, Timothy Oliphant. I love Timothy Oliphant. But that's like the very beginning. Just everything that came after it was just built and built and built in such an awesome way. Ugh, are you as stoked as I am, Mike? How do you feel about this? Yeah, I'm probably not as stoked. It was just mind-blowing to see so many things. I, I'm not not stoked. I think it was a great episode. Um, like, I, I, I would say I'm... I, I am stoked. I shouldn't say I'm not stoked. Um, still have critical thoughts, but... And, but, yeah, I mean, let's, let's, let's just ju- jump into it. Yeah. I think what's an, an interesting conversation that maybe it's good to kick off about how I am feeling about it. Cause I do think this is kind of something I've been thinking about a lot lately and something I do want to say explicitly. Uh, maybe this is a message to my wife because this is, this started the conversation about kind of what these things mean. Um, I recently had a fun experience when I was watching Spider-Man no way home. And I know you like spider Spider-Man. But do I? I thought you were. I thought you were. I thought you were a Spider-Man man. I'm not. I guess I'm not. Not. Yeah. Okay. Well, I am a huge Spider-Man fan, and I found myself when I was watching Spider-Man No Way Home, and I'm just being completely vulnerable right now. Like there was a part in that movie where I just started crying. Um, oh, nice. And it's something that I've been thinking about a lot as a grown man crying in a show or in a movie theater. And I think it's, I'm getting a lot of the very similar vibes from this episode Hmm. of book of Boba Fett as well. There was literally a part, I'll just say when Ahsoka first showed up already, the Luke stuff had happened, all this stuff had started to build. And then all of a sudden Ahsoka shows up and I, I, in my notes, I'm just like, Holy crap, holy crap, holy crap. Ah! And then, like, I had to pause it and walk around the house and, like, do some calming breathing. <laughs> I took a shower. I was just like, what? I need a sec to process. Like, and so just thinking about why I'm feeling that way is because when I was young, Star Wars and Marvel and DC to a certain extent were 
safe places for me. I was mm-hmm. not uh, I was not a popular person. I didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't know how to make friends. And so honestly, in middle school and, and before that, the memories I remember are sta- sitting in the library by myself reading Spider-Man and Star Wars comic books. Oh, nice. Books. And so it is a very nostalgic, safe yeah. feeling safe for me. Place. Yeah. And so often I love Star Wars. Most of this podcast you can probably s- sense I love it, but it's an intellectual exercise. It's, oh, how did this work for you? How's Oh, it was cool. Oh, I liked that movie. I didn't like that movie. It's rare. It's very rare, and it's very special when it happens. But for me, Star Wars connects on a very personal, nostalgic, safe level for me, and that's mm. how I felt for this that's one. And so I just wanted to get the soft, emotional stuff out at the top that, like, this this really hit me in a way that is exciting, and I can't remember. I remember this happening during Force Awakens, and I remember it happening at certain points in Rebels, but it's rare with Star Wars. I still love it no matter what, but it gets to an extra level very not often, and I uh, I really appreciate oh. it. So I just want to say that's that cool. up top. Wow, that's cool. That's wild. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah it, was, it was. I mean... Sammy, come on, just seeing Luke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's insane. The I'm sure we talked about it. I did not expect Luke to be an ongoing concern in this story. I thought it would be a quick cameo, but the fact that it's still a part of the story and it's done so well, not just visually, which visually I was blown away. I couldn't see a single fault with how it looked. And that is shocking to me how far the technology has come. Yeah, in the voice, in the acting, in the visual, just way it was rendered on screen, um, and then the story beats. It, it, it really hit me, and I have some thoughts about that. But I mean, I want to make some room. I've, I've been monologuing already a little bit. I don't know if you have Luke thoughts or any other greater thoughts about how this connected with you. Oh, I mean, it looked it looked terrific. I'll, I'll agree with that. It was it was hard to find fault in. Um, yeah, it was extremely hard to find fault in. It was pretty fantastic looking i um I, yeah i mean i i almost don't know how to approach this episode it's almost like we should just go i feel like we should just go beat by beat to some degree yeah let's start kind of in the beginning we don't have to hit every single beat but i mean i'll, I'll start it off that i was just out the out the gates so it would have been enough to get my bud timothy oliphant back who mm. i think is literally great in everything whether he's playing a marshal in kentucky or Marshall in 1950s Kansas City or a Marshall in Old West, Marshall. South Dakota or a Marshall in space. He really can just kill it. <laughs> yeah, he is great. Oh, gosh, he is really good. That was almost some of my favorite parts. Actually, it was my favorite parts yeah. of the show were the um, were the Wild West parts specifically. And we'll jump, I'll jump ahead to Cad Bane. You know he's my favorite Star Wars villain of all time. Oh, seeing, yeah. him, seeing him was my losing it moment. Um, absolutely losing it. Um, when he was on screen, and I was, I could, I was. It's almost even right now hard. Like he was better than the Luke and the Grogu stuff for me. Um, getting that because I think what I'm most interested in Star Wars is the expanded universe characters. Really, yeah. it's the Rebels characters. It's the Clone Wars, Clone Wars characters. Um, getting them into live action, you know, Ahsoka, that is, that's what I'm here for. I'm, I'm less here for the Boba Fett's and the Luke Skywalkers yeah. and the Han Solo. God, if Han Solo ever shows up, I think I'm going <laughs> to cry cause I don't want to see it. Um, yeah. and so I'm so over the moon about Cad Bane cause you know, now that he's part of the syndicate and, He's not even the big bad. He's just mm-hmm. the hired hand. It's a chaos I'm like, agent. Yeah. Like, who is he working for? And you know, coming from Clone Wars, that there's some real salty history between him and Boba Fett. Um, or in the Bad Batch, you see that, I guess, more specifically. Um, which, yeah. Over the moon about it. Um, I, I will say, I mean, that there is some... God, it's well. I, I don't know. There's some weird acting in, in this. <laughs> for me. Yeah, what, so, what parts are you talking about? I I don't know how to reconcile it, but I feel like Star Wars, the original trilogy, 
Um, even the even the prequels and definitely in the new trilogy, like thinking about the movies as source material, and then a lot of the expanded universe dialogue is more casual and more colloquial and very mimics mimics real life to some degree. Um, and I thought a lot of this dialogue, and I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk it up to directing choice or maybe even writing. It probably even the writing, uh, which maybe Dave Filoni or maybe um, oh John Favreau are behind. I don't know. Yeah, this was really written by both John Favreau and Dave okay. Filoni. So dialogue choice was weird for me. It felt oddly elevated. It almost felt like I don't even know how to describe. It, there was just this uh, this almost like poetic Shakespearean element to it that didn't stick with me, and it was just. It was, you know, like Ahsoka and it was like when Ahsoka and Luke were talking, it was in least, <laughs> and especially when Luke was talking, it was just oddly elevated and mm. impersonal and stiff and very thoughtful. And, you know, will I ever see you again? And perhaps, and like this, like <laughs> these, like these weird writing choices, it, it didn't ruin the sh- it for yeah. me by any means. But I, it stuck out as not Star Wars. It almost felt more Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's interesting because that's something that usually bugs me a lot is when people don't talk like actual people. Um, and I will say that that line specifically, like, will I ever see you again? That stood out to me as being a lot of particularly yeah. in there just to kind of like set up something like, yeah. oh don't worry she's not going to be or like not don't worry but like we're just making it clear she's not going to be like part of the mandalorian like this is a one-time thing uh, kind of thing that's yeah. kind of how i interpreted it that's um, funny i will say i am obviously biased by what i said up top i should rewatch this because it didn't bug me especially with uh, yeah. the luke and ahsoka stuff it felt it didn't bug me character. too much yeah See, it didn't feel in character, and that's where it stuck. Is like Ahsoka. When I think about like Snips, and I think about like Ahsoka through even the Bad Batch and through all the expanded universe, the character mm-hmm. that they're bringing to the screen is different. Um, is a little when she spoke with the Mandalorian, she was even a little bit more casual. But then her and Luke just have this weird like. It was like she was Gladriel, and he was I. Uh, someone else in Rivendell. Mm-hmm. They were like high elves talking to each other. And I was just like, this is odd. Uh, it doesn't mm-hmm. bug me. I just yeah. noticed it. And I think it, you lose some of the farm boy Luke in there. Um, you, I, I think they kept Luke really true to a lot of his character who is like this not perfect Jedi master still, still getting into the force still. Yeah. Um, you know he's not he's not too he's not overly sure of himself and i like that but i just the, his dialogue and <laughs> even some of <laughs> even some of the things he said to grogu i was just like what uh yeah. where's that coming from yeah the way i interpreted it and i will i will co-sign on that i think the way they portray, portrayed luke was awesome i think he feels very in character to me And let me unpack what I mean by that. And this goes to the writing as well. I feel like you see this jump with Luke in Return of the Jedi where he, I think what they're trying to convey is, oh, he's a Jedi master now. He's serious. He's, he's knowledgeable. He's a grown up now. But always who made him that? Like George Lucas did. Like when, yeah, like uh, if you see him between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, like yeah, the first sure. dialogue when he's talking to, to uh, Jabba the Fat, Jabba the Fat, Jabba the Fat. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, pretty Jabba, much. Yeah, you're not wrong. Jabba the Hutt. I mean, he's you know he's very like, yes, I am a Jedi Master. Yeah. Of, but you know, and so it, but I've always interpreted that as, and maybe it's intentional as he still is that farm boy. He still is very unsure and he's almost putting on airs, you know, you see he gets more oh. casual around Leia and Han and things like that. And so, and you see when he's talking to, to Vader on the elevator and things like that, it's, it's still very formal, like kind of playing the part of like, I'm Yoda now. So I need to be a serious grown up. Um, and, I don't really buy it, but in a cool way, you know, I think it, it plays to his character. And I think that came through for me, like the flowery, flowery language almost feels like 
he's putting on airs. You know, he's, I'm a teacher now. I need to be very philosophical and calm, but you could tell he's kind of like trying stuff out. He's never taught anyone before. He's like, oh, why don't I just do this stuff that Yoda did with me? And, you know, we'll try this. And I like that he didn't know what to do with Grogu being torn and eventually asks for advice and comes to a place where he presents this choice to Grogu. And he, you could tell he's still unsure with, of himself. And so yeah. I think it, it didn't, I didn't notice it because it felt like it made a lot of sense to me, but I will rewatch. And for the Soka thing, I think you're right too. I think the things I will, I'm keeping in mind though, are we haven't seen much of Ahsoka since the end of rebels. And what we have seen is the epilogue when she's Ahsoka the white and she doesn't say anything, but she seems very wise in that moment. And then we got the Mando episode and I feel like she kind of had that vibe too. So we are seeing a more grown up Ahsoka and, you know, there was, and they called to it, you know, it's, what did they say? Something about, you're so, oh yeah, you're so much like your father. That was she, a weird line. I mean, not weird. No, actually it I, wasn't weird. Yeah, that blew me away. I thought that was awesome. And she, I mean, she also gives the advice that she gives is like, trust your instincts, which um, I think that's something that Vader says to Luke as well. And it's like, it's a connection that you got to think about. Like she knows Anakin Skywalker. She, she that's knows true. Anakin Skywalker so much more than she knows Luke. And yeah, so that must be a weird thing too. You're meeting one of the most important yeah. people yeah, in your life that you love and you're meeting their kid after all this history. And they're now some sort of great teacher and a powerful person. And you're trying, maybe she's putting on airs a little bit of like, Luke is a great person. He's a great man. We need to like, try to, Try to support him and kind of... So I thought the teacher Luke stuff was fantastic. I loved how all of this was staged and directed and things like that. But but I get what you're saying for sure. And I'm interested to rewatch it and see how it lands, you know, with maybe a little clearer eyes when I'm not just freaking out. (laughs) I I will say that one thing um, that I don't necessarily think was a choice in the show, but just something... Um, that was maybe inevitably going to come up was I, I there's, and there's probably something that explains this that I just don't know about, mm-hmm. but the thing that Luke is, you know, is so in his Jedi training still attached to the Jedi need Jedi should not have attachments. Mm-hmm. That whole thing. I thought, uh, I mean, it's, I feel like it's a little sloppy throughout the canon. I feel like they mm-hmm. waver back and forth on, you know, Jedi don't need, like, I, I almost thought that the Jedi should not have attachments is actually like, was kind of the peak of the Jedi hubris. And yeah. so the fact that it continues into that Luke finds a way back into that and maybe, you know, and the, the Luke we see at the end of, you know, the last Jedi is, is the Luke who seems to be pushing away from that dogma. And mm-hmm. that dogma seems to f- reach its hubris with Kylo Ren. Um, and so it works to that degree, but it's funny that it is so apparent here. And I'm curious what, what Grogu will choose. Maybe that that'll be the undoing mm-hmm. of that dogma or something, but it is interesting to see it here. It's not out of place. It's just very noticeable that like, oh, really? You're still still holding on to that? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Is that important? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I I uh I have I have thoughts about what Grogu will choose, but we'll get to that toward the end. Mm. Um I I think you are right. And I think this is less I'm sure this has been unpacked in other canon things that we may have missed recently, but I think the way it sits with me is that Last Jedi was almost an aberration in that. And a lot of that has to do with the behind the scenes kind of mess of how Lucasfilm handled all of this. I think the overarching lesson that I I agree with is that, yes, the no attachments was kind of the peak of the Jedi's hubris. And it was a big downfall for Anakin and the doom of the Jedi order in a lot of ways. And I think we got to look at Luke as growing. And then, you know, what's like peaks and valleys, like 
growing and reverting, growing and reverting. I think at this point, he's still very weak. He's doing that, playing on airs, pretending to be a teacher. And so I think he's trying to be Mr. Formal Jedi. He doesn't really know any other way. I think even to his death, Yoda was still pretty dogmatic in that way. He didn't teach him, like, not to be attached to people. He taught him the opposite. He said, you know, let Leia and Han die because Jedis need no attachments. And so he's still been trained in that dogma. Yeah. And I think as he grows more and starts training people and maybe something does happen with Grogu, he's going to start to let that go and learn that lesson that, oh, you can be attached. Oh, I'm going to start training my my nephew. I love him. It's going to be awesome. And then I think once he gets betrayed by Kylo Ren, which is yeah. quite a while from now, I think, then he completely just reverts again, becomes a hermit and is like, Nope, no attachments to anything. Not the force, not anyone. I'm going to my island, F everyone. The ultimate of that. And then he learns through Last Jedi to let go of those attachments. And I think that is eventually where he gets to. But yeah, I think he's going up and down, peaks and valleys, like I'm saying. And I think you're right. It is inconsistent. And I'm not sure how much of that is intentional and how much of it is messy storytelling. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that arc. And it goes um, to what I, we were saying, I, I, too, is that we, we were asking, is this going to ha- be some inflection of mixing Mandalorian and Jedi philosophy because they are conflicted and, you know, philosophically coming in line with what Terra Vizsla did? Um, this seems to set up pretty clearly, no, that they're going to have to make a choice <laughs> and the choice will be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to take a brief pause in our talking mm-hmm. and shout out to our friend Chicago Dave, who is oh, texting yeah. us while we're recording this episode, <laughs> um, who, who I responded to his text, but he asked the question. This is great. This is a great little segment we can do now. Okay. Questions perfect. from Dave. Is Chrysanthemum in any animated series? No, Dave. He's just <laughs> in the Dr. Doctor Afra comic books alongside Triple Zero, the awesome... C-3PO death droid. Yeah. Nope. No, Dave. Go eat a hot dog and watch yeah, the Chicago bears. Yeah, Dave. Yeah, yeah, let your bulls. Let our buddy Chicago Dave always bragging about how good the bulls are doing. But put the bulls in the Western Conference and they'd be fourth. So, yeah. Dave, yeah. go suck on a lemon. <laughs> yeah, suck on a lemon, Dan. I'm just joking. We love you, Dave. Yeah, we love Dave. Yeah, He has COVID, so I should probably <laughs> be kinder. Yeah. Um, anywho. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great point. Um. Uh, okay, we've we touched on quite a bit. Um, uh, while we're in I know the Luke so zone, far for just, like just, we're we're taking just, it by order. Remember? No, we're jumping yeah. Around. Well, let's just stay in the Luke zone of funny things Luke has done or said. <laughs> um, yeah. so weird that he's still doing the attachment thing. Um, mm-hmm. they got to clean that up narratively. Also, really funny. A couple of really funny comments. I I I don't. I thought him referring to Yoda a bunch was. There were some funny things in there. I think it was really funny when he was like, I had a friend who was small too. And then he was like, <laughs> and then he was like pushing Grogu along with the force, which I, I just I thought, thought was, that was cute. so cute. I thought it was cute. <laughs> um, and then he says, um, he said size matters not. And then he was like, he was funny. He spoke in riddles like that. And I was just like, that's not a riddle. I know, and I right? was like, was that hard for you to understand? Size matters <laughs> not. I was like, it wasn't, it was like a reverse of syntax, but it wasn't mm. a riddle. <laughs> was just like, yeah. And then that made me wonder, like, did Luke not understand anything Yoda said? <laughs> like, he's like, I don't know what it means. It's a riddle, but like nothing Yoda said was ever confusing. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've got to remember that as far as I know, canonically Luke, Luke has never been to school. <laughs> Can know, Luke even like, read? Like he might just be know. a real dummy. <laughs> I don't know because good like, with a lightsaber, but like just real dull. <laughs> yeah, I I really like that. It made me wonder what things Yoda said that Luke had no idea what he meant. Mm, totally. Yeah, I thought that was great. I loved. I mean, there's so many cute Grogu things. It felt so good to have him. Back. Oh my gosh. I'm I I didn't. It feels like an inflection for me because I've officially stopped calling him Baby Yoda, and now he's. I'm like respect that name. He's Grogu. And that yeah, is just a mental flip for me. And I think he's it's the, just, yeah, I appreciate him being apart for a little while. He's the, uh, he's, he's quite literally, not literally. I hate that. 
He is. <laughs> he is the. Uh, he's the Gandhi of our generation, man. He's gonna bring us all together. <laughs> yeah. I will say, I was a bit offended by the whole frog thing. Of like, I'm like, Luke, this is so not like a force wielder connected to everything. Like, put those frogs down, man. Stop I know. In them. It's like animal that, abuse. That was a little offensive. I was just like, dude, you be kind to those frogs. What are you doing? Yeah, right. He's like Grogu. Yeah. If you join the force, you can have all the frogs. <laughs> yeah, it was. It felt a little bit like he was trying to like persuade him to be a Jedi. Like you can have all the frogs you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that is a pretty interesting thing because if if we are taking my interpretation of an unsure Luke who's putting on airs, I think you know he's almost has to, he's selling this to Grogu more than you know trying to get Grogu to want to convince Luke of anything. He's like. Seriously, like it's really cool being a Jedi. I'll teach you to defend yourself. Like, don't choose the Mandalorian. (laughs) Yeah, I was a little weirded out by that one. I'll be honest. Yeah, Um, I will say there was one point I wanted to say too uh, while we're talking about the Luke stuff, and you brought up Cad Bane briefly, and Mm, so we'll get back to him. We'll go back. We'll go back to Cad Bane. Oh yeah, big time. We've talked about a lot of this, but I did want to say the one thing that stood out to me. Then I want to say, at least in my opinion, I could see some criticisms of this as fan service. And I think what works for me so much is that I don't think in this particular instance that this is fan service. I think we can quibble a little bit with Ahsoka stuff. I don't know if Ahsoka needed to be there for any reason. But mm, yeah, I think yeah. The, the Luke being there and being part of the story and being so in depth with the story is what the story needed for that. Maybe originally when Luke showed up, it was fan service. Like maybe it did. It, there's no reason it had to necessarily be Luke, but once that choice was made, it makes sense that he is part of this story. And I like to think about it in comparison to the books, which is a criticism you've brought up a lot is the fact that, yeah, the characters are in the books and the comics and stuff, but they're not allowed to do anything. Like, they don't do anything of consequence. They don't develop. They don't grow. They don't do anything that interesting because the good stuff has to be saved for the movies. And it's very clear to me that Lucasfilm is now just all in on the TV shows. And they're like, we're going to, if the story calls for Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker is going to be in this. And I'm like, nothing is out of bounds. This is insane. This isn't your daddy's Star Wars. It's uh, crazy. Well, this is more than anything. This is the this is the the era of streaming. Like it's it's less about it's like m- movies. If COVID has proved anything, it's that we don't need a movie theater. Apparently, uh, yeah, because that's the one lesson you've learned from COVID. Sorry, um, but like I, I love this as someone who loves. You know, I'm just going to speak to my guilty pleasure, mm-hmm. getting some, ordering some Chipotle on a <laughs> Friday night and streaming movies at home. Like, this is, this is the introvert's dream and not having to leave <laughs> the house and getting the movies. I've like, ugh, it, amazing. So if this is what shows do now, we can, if this is what Star Wars shows do now, we're willing to go down this path. I'm, I'm pumped. Like. I think it's I think it's absolutely wild. That was the most bl- mind blowing thing to me is that they're willing to give us those characters and shows like this. I I will say, and I'm going to open up this can of worms. Let's have this conversation. Well, I, I'm go- I'm going to flip. On, I'm going to be a flip flopper a little bit. Last week's episode, I was like so down with this being in the book of Boba Fett. As I was just like, yeah, like why not? Why 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 can't we do this in the book of Boba Fett? Now I'm feeling like it's a little weirder though, because I, I just kept thinking it's going to be so weird pretty soon to be like, you know, in a couple of years, if you want to revisit this scene, this scene, like, Oh, let's go back to looking at, it's going to be funny to remember. Oh, where was that? Oh yeah. That was in the book of Boba Fett. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, yeah. That's just going to be odd to remember. It's, I, I love that it's, we get Luke, but it's just so funny that it's Luke, in book of Boba Fett and that we're going to have to remember where that material was. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's odd. That it's, is I, very I, odd. It's just odd. It's, I don't have an opinion about, I don't have a strong opinion about it. It's just odd. That's all. Yeah. I'm not going to say I have a strong opinion about it either. And I mean, first I want to say as a man who cries in movie theaters that I think that it is crucial that movie theaters <laughs> still, 
still exist. So oh, yeah, I'll push yeah, back yeah. on that. Um, no, no, I, I like I having movie theaters. I am not anti yeah. movie theater. Um, and I will say just the last point on the fan service thing is I agree exactly with what you're saying. And like this thing I just keep coming back to is what served the story. Like what does the story need and in all aspects of the story. And I think this makes sense with Luke. And so I'm really happy with that. And so that does make it so much weirder that this is in Book of Boba Fett. And you know, the Book of Boba Fett right now doesn't seem like a book about Boba Fett. It may surprise us in the end, but really think about, so you're John Favreau and you're, you're, you sit down at a table and you say, you know what? I am going to crack open the laptop and I'm going to write the book of Boba Fett. I'm going to conclude Boba Fett's story and I am going to send him off proper and this is going to be the Boba Fett story. And then you like start typing in your Word document and you're like, okay, four episodes of Boba Fett and then... Yeah, let's just move over to this Luke and Mando stuff. Like, no one would write that. It feels it, like they didn't complete Boba Fett. Yeah, that's what it actually feels like. It feels like either they didn't complete it, which I know there was a bunch of COVID stuff, so it might have knocked it off track, or they get started down the road and were just like, this is boring. I think we have some stuff from Mandalorian Season 3 that's already done. You want to just shove that in? And no. there was a... I heard someone it's talking funny. about this quote from Bryce Dallas Howard, where she said, she announced, yeah, I'm, I'm working on Mandalorian season three, and she still might be. Maybe she has an episode of Mandalorian season three. But it's not out of the realm of possibility that the episode we saw last season was a season of, Man oh, an episode of Mandalorian season three, and they just put it in Book of Boba Fett. Like, we joked about that. That literally might have been what happened. And so... interesting. It it, just, it does seem very, very odd. Um, and, you know, we don't have to rehash it too much. We talked about it so much last yesterday, but it just is not... If you do care about Boba Fett, if you do care about the story they were trying to tell, I'm on record as not caring about Boba Fett. And I did think that the first two episodes was very interesting and had a lot of potential, so I'm bummed Same. on that aspect. I could see why you're upset about this, and it does seem like the person who's supposed to... Helm, this story has been sidelined for way more interesting characters, way more interesting settings, yeah. better budgets. It's just odd that it's here. I'm fine with it being here because the way I digest Star Wars is it. I, you know, I sometimes will crack open a comic, sometimes mm -hmm. I'll watch an episode of Clone Wars. So it's not the worst thing in the world. And I, such a you know i i i watch all star wars and digest it all so it doesn't mess with me and my timeline or understanding but i could see it being odd or jarring for someone who's casual and maybe has just seen the mandalorian or maybe has never seen the mandalorian i don't know why someone would watch this and not the mandalorian <laughs> but i could also see it being confusing right like yeah absolutely this isn't like I would never, you would never tell someone, oh yeah, watch this show if they haven't seen the Mandalorian. You'd be like, no, you you need to see the Mandalorian to see this. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's odd. Is these are by no, this is by no means a standalone show, which is okay. Mm -hmm. It just means it's not a standalone show. Yeah, another odd thing is it's going to be interesting to see what happens when you take when they pick back up for Mandalorian season three. Like, was any of this? Obviously, it'll influence and be consequential in some way, but will it completely lose people who didn't watch Book of Boba Fett? Because on the other hand, look, take my wife. She did watch Mandalorian. No, seriously, take season her. Two. Yeah, take her. Huh? Uh, Sorry. She watched Mandalorian Season 2 with me, um, but did not like Book of Boba Fett and kind of peaced out after the first episode. And I had to kind of say, hey, are you still you into Mandalorian? <laughs> like, do you want it? There's some stuff that's probably important for season three. And she's just like, I can't be bothered. Like, yeah. And so First, yeah. people like that are going to be lost or just never check back in if they, they hear all this stuff. Or just hearing the fact like, oh, no, you got to watch this other show to get what's going on here. It's, it's the Marvel yeah. problem, which. It's a, it's a puzzle. You know. Yeah. Which is my, which is why I don't do the Marvel. I don't do the Marvel. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, the box office would say that they're not worried about it too much, but yeah, you know, exactly. I think it it is an issue, and it's a definite it's it's comic book storytelling. It's it's a different yeah. way to tell a story, which is interesting for sure. Which works for me because I'm a comic book reader. Yeah. Um, but I do worry for the new fans we're bringing in. But that said, the new fans who are coming in are maybe used to this kind of streaming binge type of media digestion. So maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it works. Totally. Totally. Um, so I want to get back to Cad Bane. You said you had some other thoughts. Um, I think this scene was awesome. It was great. I don't have a ton, ton to talk about other than I loved it. I loved how he was rendered. Um, they, I'm sorry, yes. I don't have the names offhand right now, but, they're, they did a good so job good. of having, they did a Darth Vader where, uh, you know, the, someone else played him in, in action, in real life. And then it was voiced over by the person who does Cad Bane's voice, which is such an iconic, cool voice. Um, and I thought the way this was acted, especially more shout outs to Tim Oliphant that when he does look up, he keeps asking, so what's your, fr- what's your name, friend? And he won't say it. And I had a bunch of people still say like, so who was that guy? I don't know what's up. Uh, It was such a good scene. Everything about the scene was perfect. Perfect. It was great. And I loved that you could see on Timothy Oliphant's face that when he looks at his face, clearly he kind of registers and you can see in his face kind of a, Oh no, I think I know who this is. I'm screwed. (laughs) Like he could kind of tell. And yeah, it was so and Cad Bane knows who he is. The whole thing about like, mm-hmm. bet you wish you had, you know, not so tough without your armor now, or like, or I bet you wish you had your armor now thing. By the way, it's Corey Burton who voices him. I Good. Have to look it up. Yes, I did. I did, right. I did not. Did not know that off the top of my head. Yeah. Thanks. Part. But um, everything about the scene, I saw him walking from a distance. I saw the hat and mm-hmm. I I lost it. I was texting my wife who was sitting next to me, and <laughs> it was just like. I'm losing it. Just wait. Can we um, break that down real quick? You were texting your wife, who was sitting next to you, or is currently we, sitting next we, to you? We watch it. We watch it in bed, and our little one sleeps between us, so we can't uh, talk, or else we'll wake him up. So we were. I was texting her, and it was just like, yeah, it was a losing it moment. Um, okay, that makes then, a lot more sense. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I know, and I love whoever the you know the newly appointed sh- you know deputy is to his sheriff. Mm-hmm. Um, get just mode Cad Bane shoots. I think shoots not to kill. I think he shoots Cobb Vanth to keep him alive and very much scared. I yeah. think he, he wants Cobb Vanth to come back because Cad Bane's good. He's just mm-hmm. a good shot. He's I agree. slick. Um, which by the way, is Cad Bane. If you ever listen to our D and D episodes, it's who, um, my D and D character slick was inspired after mm-hmm. the, uh, the Duros, which is Duros is the species that Cad Bane is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually I'm going to, I'm going to shout out to the coolest droid name ever made, which is my droid that I always talk about. QT three, one, four, cutie pie. Yeah. Um, anyways, I, I miss, I miss him. I miss D and I was hoping to get crystal and Chris back on this podcast and just get that in their yeah. ears so we can start playing again. But yeah. yeah so just yeah. miss him. Anyways, the whole Cad Bane thing, the whole Cobb Van thing, which is so funny because their names are so similar. I know, right? The whole, the whole, the whole Pike Syndicate thing. Wow. So let's. Uh, I don't know if you have more thoughts on it. We should zoom back to the opening desert scenes, um, yeah. where you know you get the spice melange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just it, it is very interesting as a fan of Timothy Elfon. I feel like he's one of those people that if you if you know who he is, you know who he is, and he's. You see him in a lot of things, and you always love it. Um, if you don't know who he is, maybe you're not as familiar, but it's just so justified. And if you've ever watched that show, it's one of my favorite shows of all time. And he's just a its a classic character, and he kills it. And that's basically what he does here. He justifies these, these people. And I think the best part is it sets up nicely the end duel because you see... Cobb Vanth takes, what is it, three or four gangsters, drug drug gangsters on yeah. and takes out three of them and could have taken out all four. 
but uses it as a warning. And that really sets up his badassery, you know? And mm-hmm. so just to see the confidence go out of his eyes when he sees Cad Bane and the yeah. fact that it's Cobb Vanth and the deputy two verse one and Bane still takes them both out. And interestingly enough, from a directorial perspective, he takes out the deputy first and then goes for Cobb Vanth, which you would think from a strategic standpoint, you take out the stronger no, no, no. gun person first. Wait, really? I thought he took out, I think, think he took out the sheriff in one shot and then he turned to the deputy and rattled them like five times you might be right maybe i'm misremembering Uh, yeah i think that is what happened um what i remember i I thought was he hit the deputy first then hit Cobb, and then went back and got the deputy like five times to make sure he was Mm -hmm. dead as again like a punishment for Cobb vance which i agree with you i don't think he shot to kill um but i will say a funny part for me was the fact that when all the townspeople run out they're all like Cobb and everyone runs to him and just like the deputy's dying <laughs> no in the corner and that. no one cares. <laughs> I might be wrong about that, but just the fact that he took, he went two verse one against someone who's already put his bona fides of a good gunfighter in the beginning of this episode. I thought it set that up very nicely. Yeah. I'm, I'm at the scene right now. Oh, it's so intense. Yeah. Let's see. The deputy reaches for his gun. The sheriff looks. So the deputy pulls it out. One, mm-hmm. two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four. The deputy reaches for his pistol first. Cobb, so Cobb Vanth pulls, shoots him, shoots Cobb Vanth, or Cad Bane shoots Cobb Vanth once, turns and shoots the deputy four times. Uh, okay. And right. then yeah. I would have missed this completely. I forgot about it. But the next scene you see, which I'm so glad is that we see those two Pike members walk into that, whatever that gambling, you know, little yeah. mini casino is, place those two bombs and walk out. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I was going to bring that up. Is Max Rebo in there? Oh, man. Pour one out for see. Max Rebo. I don't know if he is, but you you definitely see the Biths in there playing jazz. Oh, I can't no. confirm or deny, but I'm not seeing Max Rebo. We yeah. see that one droid playing drums. It's and pronounced jizz, actually. Oh, that's true. Okay. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. Max Rebo might have got I don't got. see him. Do you know what? I don't see a Max Rebo in there playing Uh-oh. music. I, I, I think it was maybe an yeah. uh, intentional decision. So Max Max lives. Question mark? Mm, question mark, this is yeah. the new. This is the new Ahsoka shirt. Max lives? Question mark? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, he's going to show up in a dramatic way and train Amanda. Um yeah. Yeah, I, I brought I, I made that in my notes too because that was something I did really appreciate. One of the things I said I was hoping for was Godfather in space, and that's what that felt. That like. was so Godfather, especially the the droid, just like hey, you you left your what's it oh, called, Cantono or whatever it's called, and then just blows up. That was so Godfather in a very cool way, and I I I, th- I think if they lean into that in the last what two episodes, I, I I'm going to be happy with. Yeah. where the Boba Fett stuff ends up going. Do you know what's funny? For a moment, I thought that Cam Tono, which I don't know what that is, I thought that was the ice cream maker that What's-His-Name runs mm-hmm. around with. Maybe it is. I, I honestly don't know. Um, it's I, From what I understand, I think I remember that it's just a container. Like, they just put... It's like a lunchbox, essentially. They just put stuff okay. in there. And so second, it, I thought he's it was basically just maker. like, hey, you forgot your purse, and then it blew up. Oh my gosh, it is. It is. It's the ice cream maker? It's what Wilro Hood carries. Oh, that's awesome. It's the Cam Tono. So, wow. That's why he was in such a hurry. It was about to blow up. Oh my God. (laughs) Well, I, wow. Wilro Hood. Wilro Hood so much. That's amazing. Um, Yeah, I, I thought that was really, really nice. And so I like that at least what we did get in the desert, again, notably. Didn't get much Boba Fett, but what we did get in the desert was pretty what compelling. Boba Fett says, yeah. And what know, Boba right. Fett says, he already said two episodes ago. So that was mm-hmm. I honestly don't remember him speaking a word. So <laughs> that probably is some sort of a. I, I will say the, the low point for this episode was having to see the mods again. <laughs> <laughs> when we went back to the mods, it was like, oh, no, let's just get away from them. I don't know why they bug me so much, but we saw them for maybe 20 seconds and it was still too much. Yeah. Um, also, a scene. Someone who we see 
Well, we have not even talked about the Jedi school being built and R2-D2 being apparently the construction manager for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we have, there's so much we haven't talked about. We didn't, we haven't, yeah, let's start there first. I mean, so I just think this is fun. I just, I like that we're seeing this getting built. I like that we get to see this planet. I think it's a cool planet um, in comparison to what we did get in the movies with those flashbacks and getting to see that was nice. I also thought these construction droids were so cool. Um, yeah. I feel like the coloring of them almost indicated that they're like R2-D2 droids or something like that. Like the sense I got almost was that it was a weird hive mind that R2-D2 was controlling and he just built this army of robots in his, vi- like in his own image. And that seems a little, uh, psychopathic to me oh that's funny i didn't get that and picked that up on that vibe yeah but i did think that was very cool i thought also that they're you know oh, are you building me a bench like just instantly building a bench <laughs> while he waits is cool like, that was funny that was yeah. a funny one like this I thought that was really funny and i'll say too that we haven't called it out but this episode was I, I have said that i really enjoy the direction i feel like a couple of the shots in this episode were beyond great they were just like mm masterful directing from a visual standpoint. One of them, and the reason I'm thinking about it is when we first see Ahsoka, how he's laying, sleeping on the bench and you get that frame of him almost like a painting and it kind of slowly is just zooming in and on him and he wakes up and sees Ahsoka. I thought that was a brilliant shot. Um, and then we saw a couple times this new way they're framing him in the cockpit of the Naboo starfighter from below yeah. is such a cool thing. And then something they did, which I've never really noticed, I don't know if it's because this is a unique environment or it's something that they changed, but his silver armor felt so alive to me in this one. If you Mm. notice for a while, I was like, is his armor green? And I just never noticed, but it's not. It's just the reflecting reflecting all the the life around him, which I thought was such a cool touch uh, visually in this. Well, that's the, those aren't, I mean... They are sure, I'm sure they're touched up after, but I think that's the beauty of these. That's not added. That's not 100% mm-hmm. post-ad. That's because of that. What's that studio called they're using where they're they're filming yeah. in front of and all around those massive LED screens, if, if that's mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd be really interested to know if this is on location with the LED screens because it, on it, it looked so cool and so nice. And I really I, think yeah. they, they, did a, they were very thoughtful with how this episode looked, it felt, I mean, it was directed by Dave Filoni. You know how much of a student of people like George Lucas or Kurosawa he is. And so I think he was very thoughtful in this. He doesn't seem to be a director that's, you know, he's not a, what's his name? The guy who was like mayor of where you live, the old grumpy cowboy guy, uh, Clint Eastwood. He's not an Eastwood director who just kind of sets up a camera. Is like, all right, one shot. All right, got it. Move on. He he seems very thoughtful in a in a cool way, which I appreciate yeah. when he's directing. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, it's very real. Um, yeah, that's a that's a cool planet. How did you feel about seeing? How do you feel about seeing R two D two? I mean, it's cool. Like, it's just it's it, what it. I mean, it's kind of like when you see him. It's hard for me to appreciate because then my mind instantly goes to, wait, are we going to see Luke? This is crazy. Yeah. This is insane. And so it's a little overshadowed, but it is cool. Um, and I think, it, again, it makes sense that he's in here. Um, if it was just kind of a going in the background, you see him Easter egg, I'd be a little bit bummed about it. Um, yeah. Or like episode two of Rebels where he's just, him and C-3PO are in there just for no reason. Um, so, But I did think that was pretty cool. And there's, I mean, there's lots of cool touches like that. I mean, we see the green lightsaber again in a very cool way. Um, we see Yoda's lightsaber, which is interesting because evidently canonically, this is not the same one from the, uh, from the prequels. He, he lost it in his duel with, uh, Palpatine at the end of Revenge of the Sith. And so this is a rebuilt lightsaber that he built and had in his, uh, in his hut and Luke just took it after Yoda died. So little Easter egg there. Glad you said that because my assumption was <laughs> I guess he took that from Dagobah. I guess he when when Yoda fell asleep, Luke yeah. stole a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, speaking of lightsabers and things we haven't talked about yet, we haven't even touched on Grogu's flashback. 
Wow. Uh, so many questions. Like, who mm-hmm. saved him? Like, someone saved him. Yeah. Uh, who saved him? Yeah, we, we don't know. I mean, there's there's one clue. That this is interesting because it feels like they are purposely not leaving breadcrumbs because maybe they want a little flexibility or they don't know yet or they just really do want to keep it a secret until Mandalorian Season 3. One person did say that they saw Barris Offries uh, symbol somewhere in there. And Weird. so okay. that theory would be, if you remember in Clone Wars, she was a Padawan. I don't remember if she's a full Jedi or a Padawan, but she got disillusioned with the Jedi and framed Ahsoka for a bombing of the Jedi Temple. And so she's kind yeah. of a terrorist. So the story would be that maybe she reconsiders or once the Jedi Temple's in in peril, she kind of tries to come and help and repent for her sins, and she's the one who grabbed it, but that would be a weird choice for me. One I've heard floating around, which I'm I'm not particularly stoked about, is that it's somehow Mace Windu survived, because we do see, I mean, the the troops that are in there take out three Jedi, and so they don't look like Padwan, they look like full-on Jedi, and so they seem to be some pretty tough uh, clone troopers, and so... Whoever does save Baby Yoda, Grogu, has to be a pretty powerful Jedi as well. And so it might be, you know, he he survives his fall and then runs to the temple to try to help out. But yeah, I really don't know. They didn't leave a lot of Easter eggs. Do you have any wild theories? No, those that's that's interesting. I honestly have no idea who saved him. For yeah. a second, I thought we might see. I don't know. I, you you could have you could imagine the the guess of the bad batch here, or you could imagine mm-hmm. Rex, I guess Rex wasn't there. Or, uh, I was like for a second, I thought we were even going to see Ahsoka. I mean, not Ahsoka, mm-hmm. Anakin. <laughs> like that's what <laughs> my mind went right away. Yeah. I'm like, is Anna, are we going to see Anakin come in and destroy oh, these geez, three Jedi? Yeah. Which I thought would have been freaking cool. Um, oh, that would have been insane, but I have no guesses on. Yeah. I, who and saved, I, who saved I mean, if I had to guess, I would hope, or if I were to hope, I would actually like it to be just someone completely random. Yeah. Like, it yeah, would that'd be cool. I don't want it to be Mace Windu. I want it to be someone new or someone could be Jocasta New. I know, speaking <laughs> of cool. powerful Jedi, uh, the Jedi librarian who Most we know in the comics can librarian. wreck shop, uh, she does escape. And so maybe she took Grogu with her on her, on her way out. Um, that would be so fun. That would yeah, be a fun one. I'd that would be, be a fun be one here. for sure. I'd be here for that. Yeah, but that whole thing was was crazy. It was kind of interesting that he was like, do you remember your home? And then he flashes back to it. the temple. <laughs> like, that's not <laughs> technically what I, I thought. we were going to get like a Yoda planet, which would be insane. I feel like George Lucas, if he cared at all, which I don't know if he does, would roll over in his bed because he's not dead yet. Because he was always very adamant to keep Yoda's yeah. species a mystery. And so for a second, I thought we were going to the Yoda planet. We we're going to see a bunch of Yodas and be kind of blow that whole thing up, which would have been nuts. Uh, but no, yeah. he goes to the temple, which is kind of an interesting thing about, does that is that where, where home is for him? Was he conceived at the temple? <laughs> is I he know. is he Yoda's kid? I don't know. Maybe Yoda and Yaddle got it on. I yeah, well, but I don't want to go down that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to go down that one. Yep. Uh, so th- I think that's all very interesting for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've. It was wild. It was wild to see Order sixty six. Yeah, it was wild. Um. So I have a couple just quick notes. Um. I don't know if you have much else you want to chat about and get in there first. I don't know. We've talked about so much I that I don't, I don't, I, I'm like, I think that's everything. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like it's, I feel like there's, I feel like there's everything, but we probably missed a bunch. Um, yeah, so I will much. say just going through all of my notes. Um, I did think that the, the Soka Mandalorian exchange about why are you doing this? Is it for you or is it for him? I thought that was some pretty great writing and that really hit. Um, I liked that exchange a lot and I like how, Pedro Pascal via the body double that he uses to be on set uh, really acted that in a, he's very unsure of like, no, of course, of course it's for him. And you can tell kind of, no, he's being selfish. He wants to see his little buddy and wants to take him home. And 
even if it does hurt him in the long run and take away his agency. But he makes the right choice, I think. And I think it's kind of nice that they're setting up Grogu to be able to make this choice for himself, as Ahsoka said. Um, he's not, she's not into making people do things they don't want to do. And I like that philosophy. And I'm interested to see where that goes. Yeah, I like that. I, I, I There's a line when Luke asks, he's, you know, he sometimes wonder if his heart's in it. And Ahsoka says, you know, oh, you're so much like your father. Um, mm-hmm. And that it works pretty well, to your point, because she knows him the best. Maybe she's yeah. the only person who can actually say that to him without him being offended. Yeah. Um, right. But so I'm, I'm trying to recall the line where does Anakin at some point in attack of the clones say to Padme, sometimes I wonder if my heart's in it. Am I misremembering that? Hmm, I don't remember. I, I, because that I'm like, I, I vaguely remember that and I might be making it up, mm-hmm. but you know, or just, or, or, or what's, what, what is that reminding her of? Yeah. I um, think that is interesting because I think, I don't remember if it's a direct quote. I do remember the, you know, trust your instincts or whatever that I think is a direct quote from something. But I think um, regardless of if it is or is not a direct quote, I think thematically it makes a lot of sense with Anakin's character. You know, he wavered as well. He went from being back and forth from being, I'm a confident teacher and, adult who's going to take care of you and really show you the ropes snips to being kind of shaken and unsure of himself and not knowing what he wants. And so I think he does see that a lot in, or she sees that a lot, even if it wasn't a direct conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then the last note I have before we get to the end is that I do want to check in on the choice. And so I do love mm. that he got a little chain mail. <laughs> Very cute. Oh, he got the he got the uh Bilbo's Mithril shirt there. That's exactly <laughs> I know, I'm right? like I'm like it's Bilbo's Mithril shirt, but for Baby Yoda. I know. And his little like his little lightsaber, his little sting. I'm I'm surprised yeah. it wasn't blue. It's just like an Easter egg too God, to there. I know. Yeah. Um <laughs> so Speaking of friends texting us, I have a friend who just texted me too about Star Wars. Brian Wong says, says like, hey, why does the blue guy look different in the show versus the cartoons? Uh, does he look that? I I mean. I noticed he looked a little look different. I think it's just the. Different-ish. He, he looks like a Duros from A New Hope, uh-huh. which yeah. the it looks different in the cartoons because they kind of used a different yeah. art style, I think. And so comparing him to the cartoons, he looks different, but comparing him to live action, in the past, uh, is, is, uh, is not. Yeah. I don't think he looks meaning. I don't think he looks meaningfully different. His teeth looked way scarier to me for oh, sure though. <laughs> but I think that choice was so good. I know it was very menacing. I thought it was very cool actually. Yeah. Um, because I think without that, he, I think if like, imagine put some herbivore teeth, some flat mm-hmm. teeth on them and it just doesn't look, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Great, absolutely. great choice. And then, then Wong's second question, why does Timothy Oliphant look like Josh Duhamel? Which, if you've never looked them up, uh, you, oh, wow. you definitely should. It's very funny. And I've, I've heard do. interviews with both of them saying that people get them yeah. confused for each other all the time. I um, like that that's a question because that's not a Star Wars question. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that's a People Magazine question. I know, yeah. So who's, thanks, who's thanks, Wong. If anyone else wants to text us while we're in the middle of recording, we will take your your Star Wars questions live on the air. Wow. Do you know what? That's funny. How do we how do we do do you know what? It would be so fun for our next show to open a live chat somewhere where that you can talk fun. to us while we're recording and we can answer questions on air. Oh my like gosh. Four four people would join, but we should do it. We should find yeah. a live uh a live chat version for this. Yeah, four people if we're lucky, but I'd be super yeah. down. Yeah, yep. let, let's, let's let's do that. Um, people, me, me, you, my mom, <laughs> your, your dad. Hey, I would love to talk to your mom about Star Wars. Hey. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but I got into my thought process or my thoughts got derailed by Brian Wong. So um, what I was going to say, though, is I, my guess is that we're not going to see Grogu until Mandalorian season three. So I think this is we'll see Mando, obviously, because he's on Tatooine. Yeah. But. I think uh, that that chapter is done until Mandalorian season three, and we likely won't get the 
answer to his choice until then. That being said, I know what he's going to choose. Do you want to know? Are you fine with that spoiler? Um, I do too, but yeah, you go ahead. Okay. If you, if you don't want to know, if you want to hold on to suspense, then fast forward for 30 seconds or so. Um, but do you, do you want, do you really know? Do you really know? I think so. Yeah. Wait, you unequivocally know, or you have a a strong hunch now? They could change things, but canonically speaking, I know the answer to this question. Okay. Hit me. So in the Rise of Kylo Ren comics, they officially made it canon that Ben Solo was Luke's first student. So if that is the case, then Grogu must say no. Because how is that literally how could both things be true? Literally. They read they read oh be okay. That's what I said from the start. I said they can retcon things and they can change it, but I'm saying very clearly in the canon right now. Kylo Ren has been said that it is Luke's very first student. It can be retconned for sure, but okay. Okay. canonically That's speaking, fair. if that is true, both can't be true at the same time. And so if that is true, then Baby Yoda is getting in that bubble on the Nabooian Starfighter and riding yeah. shotgun through season okay. three. I mean, that's totally fair. I uh, Even if I hadn't have known that, I would have thought he would have picked the Mandalorian. Yeah. Um which is interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. And then the very, very last note, I just didn't want to shout this out because I have a correction from last week. Um, We talked about how Paz Vizsla may have been the Mandalorian that saved him when he was a kid, making it kind of tragic that he, that didn't ended up having to take him out and they, their, their relationship ended like that. Um, I went back and looked at the video. Like I said, it doesn't seem to be Paz Vizsla specifically. One thing that did stand out, which I'm sure we brought up at the time, is that the person who who rescues Din is Death Watch, which we talked about how it's right. interesting that this lends more credence to the fact that Mando's coven maybe originated with Death Watch, which was a terrorist extremist group and has morphed into kind of a religious extremist group. So that kind of lends some credence to the it being a maybe shadowy, scarier group than we originally thought. And so I thought that yeah. was a, something I wanted to just at least point out. Nice. Nice catch. Yep. Do you have any thoughts, Mike? Any yeah. hopes, any dreams? Thoughts, hopes, dreams. Um, I hope that we get a compelling end to Boba Fett's story. I don't hope it's the end of Boba Fett. Because if so, what a sad book to give him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 here's my hope. I have one hope for next week. Mm-hmm. The, the Gorfus, the Tuscan Raiders, aka the Sand People. Mm-hmm. It's so offensive to say that. I don't yeah. even like it coming out of my mouth. I hope Tatooine is reclaimed for them, and that is the end of Boba Fett. I hope the millions come out in hordes like the army of the dead and return of the king and they take back the planet and find peace and they stop the running of spice. Mm, yeah. We are drug free on this podcast. Except for the times we've recorded podcasts on drugs. Nice. Those are, those are drug free too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I did want to shout out, um, unless Mike, you want to do the honors. I feel like I usually read the emails out. Yeah. Here. I'll shout out to yeah. our buddy Mike Pelladino. Did mm-hmm. I I'm just trying to remember his name? Yeah, Mikey P. Last name. Um, for a wonderful note mm-hmm. um, on kind of the the not shutting other people down. We started the podcast off with saying last week that you know we people text us and they're really pumped. We don't like to be too critical or negative. We just like to say like that. Oh, yeah, it's awesome and support them and. Because we don't want to crap on other Star Wars fans or mm-hmm. burgeoning Star Wars fans, or we don't want to snuff out people's light. You know, they're, they're trying to light the spark to start the rebellion too, and we don't want to stomp on it. Um, so thanks for that note, Mike, about your appreciation for the positivity, because we try to keep it positive in the Star Wars universe in a time that it's so easy to be negative. Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out to yeah. you. And it's 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 always awkward for me to shout out people who say nice things about us, but I, I do want to back up because he does call you out specifically saying he appreciates the energy that you put out into the force that you don't squash people's positivity about something which, 
you know what? I, I like that about you too. And I, I agree. Even well, though you can be a grumpy rascal sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think I think that is something that I appreciate about doing this with you, and and I think he he also had a a good point that he says the Mandalorian in particular put Star Wars in the mainstream more than ever, and it also mm-hmm. faces a little more criticism from the casual and hardcore fans, maybe because it has more uh, visibility. And so, you know, thank you for the good note Vis- and visibility. Visibility. We will try to stay away from the dark side. So mm-hmm. thank you again. Yeah. All right. And uh, you can check out our podcast on here where you're listening to it, obviously. Mm-hmm. But you can also reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at Rebels Rebels Pod. And you can email the show just like Mikey P. Yeah. If you want to say nice Rebels. things about us, you can email the yeah. show too. Yeah. And uh, we'll read it out or, um, or text us when we're recording on accident. Dave. <laughs> yeah. Dave. Um, at, but email the show at Rebels Rebels Pod at gmail.com and get in the Star Wars convo with us. Yep. And, and happy, happy Star Wars podcast day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks again to Daniel for putting this all together. And that is what I will go out on is happy Star Wars podcast day. One and all. I went out on that. You didn't go out on that. Ah, I stole it. Happy Star Wars podcast, Star Wars day. podcast day. One and all. One and all. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>